0: Hi there project leaders and welcome back to the project leader podcast I'm your host Jennifer Glatz so in the project leader community on Facebook one of our members asked me an interesting and smart question and the question was how do you actually recognize if your project timeline is unrealistic So today in this episode, I'd like to share with you three specific warning signs that if they are going off for you, that your schedule is likely going to have a bit of an issue. So let's cue up the theme song and I will unpack those three warning signs for you. We have all felt the pain frustration and the disappointment of a troubled or failed project at some point either professionally or personally so here's the big question how are project professionals like us who are eager driven and passionate about seeing our team succeed how do we become true project leaders who consistently deliver successful projects that change the world that's the question And this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jennifer Glatz, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to the Project Leader Podcast. Welcome back. So I thought this was a really smart question that one of our community members asked us within the Project Leader community on Facebook. There are a lot of different causes or reasons why unrealistic project timelines do happen on our projects, but more importantly, the consequences of unrealistic timelines can be very serious for the outcomes of our projects, but not only that, for the outcomes for our clients, our careers, our businesses, et cetera. an unrealistic project timeline can not only affect the current project that you're working on, but also future projects down the road. So it's a smart question because it's it's quite a serious matter. And so I wanted to share with you three specific warning signs that have helped me to recognize if I'm facing an unrealistic project timeline um, so that you can use this on your projects as well. So the first warning sign that I want to talk about is if you are facing uncertainty Around your scope. So if you're coming into a project, whether you're in the planning phase at the or the the initiating phase at the beginning, or you've come in partway through, if you are facing any kind of uncertainty around what is it that we are actually delivering, what is our deliverable list, what is the end result that we expect, so if there's any question in your mind that the scope is not fully defined, then that's going to be an indication that you're also going to have some challenges with your schedule. Because chances are you as the project leader, but also your stakeholders, your clients, um, your team, they're all going to have different expectations about what's going to be delivered and how that's going to be delivered. And if we don't have a clear expectation laid out where everyone is on the same page about what we're going to be working on um, in terms of order of our deliverables, um, but also the outcomes at the end, that chances are we're going to forget something. So one of the things that really helps is to go back to review your scope documents, your deliverables lists, and compare that to your work breakdown structure or your WBS, because we have this trigger called the 100% rule, which tells us that 100% of our scope must be in the WBS to set ourselves up for success. So if our WBS goes beyond 100%, that means we've identified some things that are maybe nice to haves, but somewhere along the way, we don't have budget or time or whatever the case may be. So we don't want to go beyond the 100%. We want to be really clear of of what's in and what is out of scope. Um, But if you're under that 100% mark or you've got some question marks still in your mind about what we're doing on the project, then it's a really great practice to go back and to address some of those scope questions first because likely otherwise that's just going to lead to some uncertainty or some risk in terms of your schedule and delivery as well. So that is the first warning sign. The first question to ask yourself is, do you have any uncertainty around the scope of your project? The second warning sign that I want to share with you is, if your schedule was developed without buy-in from the actual team doing the work. So one of the things that we face, especially in larger organizations, is that there may be a sales team that's handled the sales process with the client, and then there was a handover process where the project was transferred from the sales team to the execution team and to you as the project leader to actually deliver on those promises. And one of the big challenges that we face as we go through that turnover is that the original schedule and promises made to the client was developed without buy-in from the actual people doing the work. And that can also be a clear warning sign that our schedule may have some issues with it as well. So one of the checks and balances that you can do is when you're receiving this package to enter into the planning phase and you're starting to build your schedule, you want to make sure that the key team members are clearly identified. You want to know who those people are because you can include them in either a very detailed review of the schedule that you already have in your hands, or you can start from scratch to build the schedule as a team. And you want to make sure that you know you at least have the key leads um, or the key contractors in place that are going to be doing the work and the more detail that you can put into having your staffing plan available of who's going to be physically on the tools or who's going to be physically doing um, design work or doing the programming or doing the interface or doing the, the maintenance or the handover so any of these components It's a really great practice if you can identify the actual person by name who's going to be doing that work and to include them in the planning process, because that leads you into A, really leveraging their area of expertise and their years of experience, because chances are that they've seen risk, they've seen things happen on projects, and they can really give you an accurate estimate of how long things are going to take. And when you're involving your team, you want to ask them a a couple of questions. So you really want to look at the tasks that we're going to be working on in terms of both a duration and a level of effort standpoint. So let me stop there and give you a quick definition on these two things. So if we, let's say we are doing, just as an example, we are doing an electrical load study and this study could take, let's say 24 hours of effort. So 24 hours of work effort to complete this study. Now, obviously we're not going to do 24 hours straight in one day, we're probably going to split that maybe over three or four days <laughs> um, because we're not working, you know, 24 hour days. We're working maybe eight, eight to 10 day, 10 hour days. So. We want to make sure that we identify that for this study the number of hours for the level of effort that we have to put in as well as the estimated duration so how many days are we going to spend those hours to complete that activity and so if you have those three pieces in place where you have your duration your effort in terms of hours as well as the assignment so the the name of the person that's going to be doing that activity if you've got that level of detail built into your schedule already, that's a really great self-check and balance to make sure that your project timelines are going to be much more realistic. So if you're facing that challenge of a schedule that's been passed over the fence coming from a different team or you have a schedule where there was no staffing plan put in place to build that schedule, then that's the second warning sign that I really want you to pay attention to. And the best practice to deal with that is to just put things on pause for just a moment so that you can go back and rally the team, go back through a scheduling exercise, and really make sure that you've got that logic and that level of expertise, from the actual people doing the work built into the schedule. And last but not least, the third warning sign that I want to share with you is if you are utilizing scheduling software specifically, you can do an automatic function to look at the critical path. And when you do that critical path calculation, your scheduling software is also going to provide a number about the either hours or days of float that you have in your schedule. And one of the warning signs is if you're noticing that everything or almost everything on your activity list is on the critical path and your scheduling software is indicating no float or next to no float, then chances are you've got an unrealistic schedule as well. So one of the best practices here that you can do is really examine what are the things on the critical path. Start to identify what activities maybe need to be broken into additional segments. So broken down into subtasks. And really take a look at what are some things that we can do in parallel to improve our float numbers. And what are some things where we certainly need to be prescriptive in where we add hours or days of float into the schedule. So if your scheduling software is flashing red on the screen and everything is showing critical path and you've got next to no float, then that's definitely a warning sign that you want to go back and take a look at that schedule again and make sure that you identify the activities or the areas where you can add some float into just give yourself a little bit more wiggle room in case you do have some risks that come up and um, that you can give yourself enough time to be able to handle those things and keep things on track. Now, I know these are, you know, three warning signs and and there's certainly some other ones that I I could tell you about. But, you know, overall, ideally, the way that the projects would progress in a perfect scenario would be that you would spend some time really looking at the purpose the vision the mission of the project and understanding the why of what it is that we're trying to accomplish and from there move into activities in the planning phase detailing out the scope in as much detail as you can possibly get and once you have your scope determined then if you're able to bring in the key team members to ask them for their input and their experience to build the rest of your project plan, then that's the the best case scenario of a best practice to really build a solid project timeline that's going to be realistic. So the best case scenario is that you can bring in the key team members and have them build the schedule together as well as the details around cost and risk Um, to round out your project management plan overall. So again, I thought this was a really smart question and there are certainly other warning signs that you may have an unrealistic schedule, but these are kind of the, the three main warning signs that would certainly indicate that you want to do a little bit more work in terms of your project plan. So I hope that was helpful for you. I would love to hear your feedback. You're welcome to join me in the project leader community on Facebook and provide your feedback there. So how to join us is head to facebook.com groups slash project leader community. And you can start a conversation with me that way. And as I mentioned in this episode, you know, this question came up within our community from one of our members. So if you do have project management related questions that you would like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to send me a message within the community. I would love to hear those questions and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Take care. Hi there, project leaders. This is Jennifer again. So real quick, we know as project professionals that we are more likely to succeed on our projects when we have a solid plan in place. Well, the same is actually true for your careers as well and and navigating that process. So I would like to invite you to join my next career plan challenge. So I created this challenge to help you to, first of all, build your career plan. Second, to help you gain clarity on your next career step and what skills that you need to be successful in that step. And what's really fun is you also get to join a community of other project leaders who are building their career plans all together and support each other. So what I encourage you to do is head to CP challenge, CP stands for career plan. So cpchallenge.procolabconsulting.com because a new challenge is starting soon. So I really look forward to seeing you there. Again, head to cpchallenge.procolabconsulting.com and we'll see you in the next challenge.